Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is a Friday edition of a best of the Steve Jones Show as we have made it to the end of the week. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve finishing up his vacation up in Cape Cod with the family. And he'll be back on Monday from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. A great selection of pre-owned inventory as well, if that's the route that you need to take. That's what the budget's saying that you need to do. Either way, you have a sales staff that is there for you and not just there for the sale to make sure that you get the right car and the right price. That fits your future. And if you also have a service department that is there for your car as well, with the diagnostics, with the inspections, with the simple routine maintenance, it's all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And, of course, every Friday show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Time to stock up for the weekend. It's going to be another hot and humid weekend, so you want to have all the beverages you can. Imports, domestics, micro-brews, best selection of beer anywhere, water, Wine coolers, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And, of course, six great flavors of slushies, which will taste great, especially with all this hot weather we're having right now. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And today, as we wrap up our best of shows for the week, These last two days, we have been looking back on the 10th anniversary shows that we had back in February with all the mystery guests that called and surprised Steve over the course of that week in February. Yesterday, we replayed Micah Shrewsbury. We replayed Kenny Albert, Wheels, Tim Kirchin. And today, we got four more to bring back. Who are they going to be? Well, you have to keep listening to find out. So coming up next, we'll get things started with our first mystery guest to look back from from the 10th anniversary of this show that's coming up in just a little bit. And again, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, and Steve in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. It's the best of the Steve Jones Show on a Friday on News Radio 1070 WKOK. It is a Friday edition of the Best of the Steve Jones Show. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve, enjoying some vacation this week. But he'll be back on Monday from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And every Friday show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket you'll want to stock up for the weekend. Well, as I said before, we're recapping the 10th anniversary of the show and all the mystery guests that called and surprised Steve when we celebrated this back in February. We go to our mystery guest 
number one of today's show. Mystery guest, sign in, please. Uh, Steve, it's Jay. How you doing, man? Happy 10th oh. anniversary. I know I'm a little late, but uh, better late Jay. than never. Hey, first of all, uh, Jay put out, was it a, a tweet, something today about Thon and 50 years yep. of Thon. It's great that you did that, Jay. Really yeah, great. Yeah, well, we got it. We, we, uh, ABC6 in Philly contacted us because they wanted to do a show. And so they're doing a half-hour show tomorrow night at 7 on Channel 6 in Philly, but uh, they wanted to get it distributed, distributed and syndicated, so we got them on WABC in New York. Oh. Um, we got them on TA in Pittsburgh. We got them on HTM in Philly, State Colleges, ABC Station, WNETP in Scranton. So anybody out there that wants to get a feel for the whole fun thing, um, definitely Tune in tomorrow at seven for till seven thirty, and then it's it's uh, it's eleven percent of the homes in the country. Uh, the New York market obviously helped big time. I mean, obviously, you grew up around this. It's part yeah. of what makes has made this this place special. Why we've all loved it along the way. How important is that to you, Jay? That that we keep a lot of what has made the place special, and that we remember all the elements that made the place special. Well, you know, it's insane, this thing. I mean, people that have never seen it. I mean, you've been there. The operations going on, and it's all run by students. And you sit here and go, here are a bunch of students. They don't know these kids they're saving. Right. They're raising money to save people that most of whom they will never meet. These families, I mean, just imagine being, and, you know, all of us have kids, you know, you always... You know, the idea that you you, so you find out that your child has cancer and all of a sudden now you're in bed at night saying, okay, I can help my child fight through cancer, but how am I going to pay for this? Yeah. And the families that go there, they don't ever see a bill. I mean, you talk about taking the burden off of them, you know, with you know with that kind of thing. But, but it's what makes Penn State special. I mean, it's, you know, 10 years ago I was asked to speak at Thon. And I told him, I said, you know, you want to know what we are is come, come to Thon. This is it. And 13 years ago, my dad came back from from a Nike trip or a day early, and he went up there, and he said, I've been here 58 years. He said, I've never been more proud of Penn State than I am right now. Right. And I think I all that Penn night. Staters feel that. Yeah, I think everybody feels that because, again, it's helping people that we don't know. Yeah. Uh, and they need it. You know, and look, like, you know, you're a father. I'm a father. I mean, when yep. your when your child is in the hospital, I mean, your brother was in the hospital. A different yep. circumstance, different circumstance. Yep. But you you know, your brother was in, and for the family, it's the most frightening experience of their life. Let alone wondering how you're going to pay the heating bill. Yep, and and the whole world stops. So, hopefully, you know, people want to watch. Tune in. It'll be. WPVI in Philly is going to do a great job with it, as you would expect. And um, and I think it's going to be hope, – hopefully they're going to make this an annual thing. You know, with the COVID, with the COVID restrictions, they couldn't quite – they really want to do like a college game day um, right. with right. it, but they can't because of the COVID restrictions. And then um, it looks like ESPN's college game day tomorrow morning is going to cut in there somewhere between 11.05 and 11.15 to talk about Thon too. So – um, Reese Davis has agreed to kind of do something. So it, it's just right that all this stuff happens, you know, for these for these students. For you, how have you enjoyed over the last few years the TV experience? 
<laughs> More this year than the previous years. Oh, no, I'm kidding, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> what, no. yeah, sometimes there's addition by what subtraction. this year? No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, you know what? I got to tell you, it has been a lot of fun, um, especially I like digging into the X's and O's segments that we do um, and really just trying to help be, you know, so a fan can watch and say, you know, hey, when you're playing – you know, Michigan, you got to watch for the interior run game and the play action. You know, I got to watch so and so. You know, or, you know, when they were, you know, we're getting ready to play Ohio State, you know, you got to watch this wide up, but you better watch the other two as well. Uh, well, Ohio State is about eight you needed to watch this year. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, it was just giving people the ability to watch the game. Just like, you know, when you prep for a game, you have an idea and you're at practice and you go, okay, I better watch, keep an eye on this guy, this guy, and this guy. And we wanted to kind of give the fans that ability. And, and the interview's been great. When you had you on, you were awesome. But, I mean, working with you and Todd Tadowski for all those years was was a lot of fun. Um, and put you in a different light. Um, obviously, you know, still rather be coaching. But, you know, whatever's in the oh, cards sure. is in the cards. What was it like having Scrap on with you, Tom Bradley? <laughs> <laughs> we would do, He would come up here, and we would drive down to York every yeah. week. And it was just... Oh my God! It was just X's and O's, and then it got to the point where we started calling guys. We call like, you know, we called Bill Kenny one night on the way home. We, call, you know, we called guys we coached with, and it was it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Who drove? Oh, I always drove. Oh, I, I, that's me, that's that's, I, we, that's we, why we were recruiting oh. in Western PA one year, and oh. he went off the road and almost oh. killed us both. And and, and he to this day goes, "Well, I really saved your life that time." I'm like, "No, you drove me off the road." That that's that's Tommy. Well, I've, yes. I cuz cuz I look I saved I've been your life. The, I'm like, "No, no, no." Cuz I've been in the, the road car. snow somewhere north of Jeanette, Pennsylvania, which tells you who we were recruiting at the time. Yes, it does. And yeah. uh, okay, when you were riding in the passenger seat, did he give you the instruction of Check the exits and entrances for police, because that's that's uh, the instruction. Oh yeah. That's the instruction I always got from him. Yeah, well, now with Waze, he, we don't. You know, he's like, "What is that?" I yeah, go, with, yeah, way. Oh yes, Waze. He goes, he tells you where the cops are. I go, "Yeah." He goes, oh, "I got to get that." I go, "Yeah, you do." <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it is a it is a lot of fun. I I know how much you miss coaching. So when no. you, I mean, because it's it's in your it's in your blood, right? It, it's it's the it's something you've prepared for your entire life. So when you do yeah. sit down to put together the coaching segments on the show, do you watch film the same way you did as a coach, or a little different because it is for TV? Well, it's a little different in that you know you have to kind of make it so. You don't want to make it so simple that, you know, anybody that knows something about the game is like, oh, this is for idiots. But you also right. don't want to make it too high, highbrow, so to speak, that people can't follow along. You know, they, they aren't necessarily as versed in football as some other people. So you have to kind of thread that needle. Um, so, but uh, you definitely look at it the same way. And, you know, when I watch the game now, you know, I'll be, if I'm sitting with family and friends, I'm like, oh, yeah, better watch this with this formation. Like, how do you know that? It's just, you you, you do, but you know the, the game. The thing that's interesting as you look at football now is there's so much. So many people are so tied up in the analytics thing. Yes, that in the course of a game, you lose the chess match that you used to have. You know, I have a I have a uh, 
you know, picture that Lou Holtz signed to my dad said, I've never seen a better game day coach than you. And, you know, there was that, yeah, you come in with a game plan and there are certain things that you believe you should do, but in the course of the game, it's snowing or the wind change or all of a sudden it's raining or somebody gets hurt, you know, and we got, you know, a corner gets hurt. Well, we you know, forget the analytics. You better go after the guy that came in, see if you can hold up. I mean, there's some of that I think has been lost because I think around the country, head coaches have become, I'm the recruiter, I'm the guy that oversees everything, I'm the kind of CEO, I have an offense coordinator, defense coordinator, and they do their thing. And, you know, a lot of, you know, Saban's not that way. You know, some of the some of the really guys at the top tier are the ones, you know, they still got their hands on things. Um, but the model is so much that, you know, a lot of times the head coach isn't doing that. Well, I'll give I'll give her by two instances where feel for the game. It was 1978, and you know which two games I'm going to talk about here because it's amazing. Jay's memory is phenomenal. So 78, Penn State's playing SMU, and Penn State had the ball fourth down and one at their own 29. Uh, by the way, in the third quarter, and Penn State's doing nothing. Your dad went for it, got it, and they eventually scored in the drive. They won the game 26-21. Um, okay. You know, so for the analytics people out there, there's your moment. Uh, yeah. And, and then, and then that same season, he elected to kick off in the second half after Penn State kicked off to start the game because the win was so bad against Pitt that day. He thought they could win the game in the third quarter. By pinning Pitt back there, and did. Yep, and that is unheard of now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you kicked off. I mean, you you, you remember the ninety Notre Dame game? Yes. And midfield, fourth down and one, and everybody saying, "Go for it, go for it, go for it." Nope. Game time. And he punted them down there, and they're you know coaches are saying, "What you?" He goes, "Holtz has to win the game. Meyer is going to throw us a pick." Yep. And two, three plays later, he throws a pick. We win the game out there. They were number one, win 24-21. I mean, there are so many things like that. And, you know, and, and that's, that's I think, you know, all the analytics is great. I mean, it's good that you have that kind of stuff. Nobody was better at analytics than Russ Rose. I mean, there's a guy, but he didn't need a computer. He did it in his binders. Yes. But when push came to shove, you know, there's some feel involved. And, you know, I'm going to move this person here and put this person there. And, and, uh, you know, I think it's just it, – it's a little bit of a lost art uh, with a lot of guys now. Let me ask you this. This is completely out of left field. There are more analysts than ever before out there that are being part of college programs or even being part of NFL programs. Is that something you would ever consider just to get your feet back in the game like that? Yeah, I mean, there's you know, I've had some people once in a while say, "Would you be would you consider it?" It's like, well, you know, what exactly do you want? Because I don't want to be the fifteenth analyst, you know. And right, right exactly. Um, I hear you. But I think you know, I I think you're at a point now where um, there are too many of them, where things fall through mm-hmm. the cracks because you got so many guys. And at some point, you know, you see them saying, "Well, we're going to hire a research guy and an analyst guy and a strategy guy." It's like at some point, you go, "That's what coaches do," like, <laughs> you know. I wouldn't want to be that removed from like if I were a coach, I wouldn't want to be so removed that I'm just looking at printouts. You know, mm-hmm. I 
know, uh, you know, Sunday nights, you know, I would look at all the third downs and all the red zone. And by the time I went to bed at, you know, whatever it was, midnight on Sunday night, I, because I looked at it, and that's how I learned. You know, everybody's different. But mine was very visual. And I would mm-hmm. say, okay, third and three, they do this, and I'd write it down. And writing it down and seeing it really put it in my brain. So by Tuesday night, I could tell you, hey, you know, Ohio State on third and three is going to come after you 62% of the time. Uh, only 20% of them are hot, though, so we can get into our hot protection and throw the ball, and one out of five, we're going to get there, you know, right. if they stay that. And during the course of the game, you, you kind of keep track in your mind. You know, we've had third, you know, four third down and mediums, and they've yet to blitz us. We're probably getting one next down, you know I mean? it's So those things become because you produce it. And it was the same way, you know, when I would put the game plan on the, the board for the quarterbacks, I didn't give them a printed one. I we would write it up on the board. We'd talk about why, and they had to write it. And the, most of the guys learned it better producing it with their own pencil or pen. It stuck. So I mean, it's just a matter of how, you know, you know, you just. I would hate to be a coach who's just getting a report and not really have had my meat, my you know, my got my teeth in the meat of what what is going on. I mean. You know, and I, you know, I was fortunate. You know, Mike Robinson was one of those guys. You said it once, and it was, a, it was like a right. you know, Venus flytrap. Boom! We didn't go anywhere. Um, you know, we won at Northwestern in '05, and you know, the night before, we just reviewed. Hey, look, in a two-minute situation, they're going to play coverage. But once you hit, once you get around the midfield or on their side of the fifty, they're coming. And sure enough, we get the third down. We get across midfield. Mike moves Tony Hunt over there, throws the ball. We score, win the game. And I remember my exact call. I said, oh, and I here know. goes North- so <laughs> Right? They, they say Northwestern, and they're bringing everybody. <laughs> right? Yep. I th- it's exactly what I said. They're bringing it, and they did. And then he hit he yep. hit Derek, and Derek made that cut to the inside, and he yep. was his first his first career touchdown. Uh, yeah, and, and the defense coordinator for Northwestern just, just retired maybe a year ago. Yes. Um, the guy that had been there forever, and I almost dropped him and I said, sooner or later, you got you got to change your two-minute pattern because we got yeah. you on it a bunch of times. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'll make it one last question here because I, I really appreciate you doing this because you oh, mean the world. You, you mean, I mean, you, you, you you've mean, been you, around Penn State so long. You mean, I mean the world you know, to me. Well, I appreciate that. And same to you, Steve. I mean, you know, the, the, the amount of respect that everybody has for you is uh, around Penn State is immense. So take me through, and it's not 40 seconds. Take me through 15 to 20 seconds of what it takes to call, the, to call a play in the box and make sure it's sent in properly based on down distance situation, time of game, things like that. What does that take to do that? Over and over and over again, seventy times during the course of an afternoon. Well, I think the big thing is you got to play the game in your brain all week. You know, even like Thursday night when you know ESP used to have a college football Thursday night game. They don't do as much anymore because of because yeah. of uh, you know the NFL ones. But yeah. you know, I would you know, and I learned this from my dad. You know, you sit there and watch a game. Hey, what would I do here? And you're right. constantly thinking that. But those Thursday night ESPN games, I'd have the game plan. I'd go, it's third and five to 15, you know, what we do here. But, you know, I think the one thing that's lost in the no huddle stuff and the tempo stuff is getting ahead mentally in terms of, okay, they kick off, we send, we start the first play, we gain eight. Now it's second and two. 
you know, when, when you're in the tempo stuff, you're sitting there and go, okay, what defense at the end? They look over, up, they just move, we move, we go, okay, now let's call a play, we snap the ball. There's no huddle there. And so you don't have a chance to say, it's second and two, if we get the first down, what are we doing next? So uh-huh. you're really cheating yourself out of time calling the plays, whereas when you have a huddle, so say it's first and ten and we get eight yards, now it's second and two, we send the play. In. And really the way we did it was a lot of wristband stuff, Yep. So on the wristband, like we may signal an F twenty eight, and you know every week F twenty eight changed, but they'd go to F twenty. Some of them they got mm-hmm. memorized, some of them didn't change. But you know the right. quarterback looks at it, but he goes in the huddle. While he's in the huddle, we're saying, hey, if we get a first down here, what do you guys want to do? And sometimes Bill Kenny would chime in and say, hey, we've been killing them on the inside zone on that. So you would gain that fifteen seconds before they came out and ran the play. Right. To okay. get yourself ahead of play or two, you know, and Joe would come down, I want the slants. Run the double slants. Would you guys, you know, I want the draw. You know, <laughs> we were playing Wisconsin, and we're on, like, the 12-yard line. And he yeah. says, you know, five is, I want the draw. I'm telling you guys, run the draw. And, you know, it's like, Coach, there are nine guys in the box. He says, no, I don't care how many are. That safety is tired of tackling Tony Hunt. He won't tackle him. Yeah. The next play we run the draw, the safety almost avoids him. And Joe comes down and says, I told you guys. You know what I mean? So, you know, you had that exchange where it's now <laughs> with the yeah. no huddle stuff, you know, you, you lose that, that those those conversations between plays because they're looking over you, you're looking back, you're signaling, they're looking over, they're signaling. You know, I, I would really like, I really would like the colleges go to the helmets. The yes, I agree. System that the NFL does. And yes, you can get rid of all those signs, all the guys yes. holding up stuff. I mean, it looks Which like means a, nothing. It looks like, it's, it looks like a kindergarten arts and crafts. I know. Show. I, I mean, know. like look at the picture I made, Mom. Like uh, you know, one year, one, like one year, your dad was six for six. He called six plays, and all six were touchdowns, uh, it, which was phenomenal. I mean, and that's Trust not the only year that us. happened. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. No, believe, believe. Where do you think I got the information from? We had a third and 12 against Indiana in 08. I want the reverse. They're chasing the run play all day. Because oh, okay. Third and 12. We I give know. it to Derek Williams. He gets 20 yards. I told you. I, oh, oh, where do you think I got the information from? Oh, I know. Exactly. He, he, he told me. <laughs> well, you, well, you know, you would see. All you had to look for is he reached in the back pocket and bring out right. the yellow graph paper with his notes on it. Yep. He always had the paper. He always had the paper uh, game plan in his hand, but he had that little thing in the back of his pocket with the pencil where with the pencil where you could you know take the lead out of the pencil. Oh yeah. Yep. Yellow yeah, the pencil. plastic pencil. But you know, yep. it's, it, just to give you a, the when he was in the hospital the last day or so, yeah. I said to him, "Hey, if you got any plays, and, you know, if you got anything in that yellow graph sheet that's going to help you, it's time to pull it out now." Yeah. And he got a little smile on his face. <laughs> you know exactly yeah. what I was talking about. Oh, oh this you know, I think we I, I always love this. We need to run the Sally. Oh right. yes. Oh yep. yes. <laughs> I dog on it. And usually usually we had two or three Sallies every week. It's like, well which one? Yeah. You know. He said, I don't care, just run a Sally. <laughs> Either one, I don't care, whatever you want. <laughs> Give me a salary, because, you know, because, because he'd know. be watch he'd be watching the game, and what would happen is he would see what plays you guys had set up that they could now hit because you you got them going flow one way, and he understood. 
He just knew. The thing that he was great at is he said, you know, he used to tell us all the time, get the chalk last. The yep. guy that gets the chalk last wins the game, and you got to anticipate their moves. And in 99, we played Ohio State, and we ran the pitch play up and down the field, 200-something yards. Yep. And, he, and, and, and you know, Franny, we were a little bit arrogant in that we went into the next game thinking, well, we're going to run the pitch. And Purdue made an adjustment where they put the defensive end really wide. You know, yeah. people forget Purdue during the Tiller years was great on defense. Yes, they were. They all talk about Breeze. They were phenomenal on defense. So they put their defensive end wide. I was coaching tight ends at that time, and we'd turn out on that guy because you couldn't hook him. And right. the minute you pitched the ball, that front side linebacker would come up and blow the fullback up in the backfield, and there was nowhere to go because you couldn't get outside. Yep. And Francis kept, you know, we were a little stubborn about it, and almost cost us the game. And Joe came in and said, I told you guys last week, you're underestimating these guys as coaches. They made an adjustment you weren't ready for. And thank God we won the game because I'd yeah. really be mad. I'd be mad enough because you got to understand, yeah. get the chalk last. Right. And that was the that was the Courtney Brown game where Courtney played a great yep. game. And LeVar and, had, uh, and Le- LeVar had a big play. And then, yeah, and they had four shots from the 10-yard line. Yes, and by the way, since we're talking about shots in the 10-yard line, that pass interference call on Cincinnati was baloney. <laughs> oh, that was awful. What the heck? And, and, you, and you know what? Stafford at that point had thrown three bad passes in a row. I know. I'm not sure they would have won. I know he had. He, was, he, had, clearly, he had clearly started to feel it, the, the yep. pressure. Because he, you know, it, you know it's uh, – I, I, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I just love Joe Burrow. I love the way he carries himself. Yeah, so do I. I hope yeah. he stays healthy. He just you know the the comments he made about you know work work in silence last the week before you know work in wasn't silence, that good? Let you play talk. That was awesome. Yeah. Hey, as as I said earlier, obviously I think the world of you, your family. I mean, the world of all of you. I know your mom had her birthday on Monday, so. Thank you so much for yeah, doing this. Yeah, we took her out to Teddy's beer barrel in Clearfield and got her Oh, God, I couldn't believe you did that, that you took your mom to Denny's. Now, well, it's not I've that Denny's is bad. I've been going there on my dad's birthday every year for the last couple of years, and my mom always wanted to go, but because of COVID. And so we finally figured, you know, I think we're good. She's been boosted. And look, at the end of the day, my brother Dave and I, Dave was talking to me about, you know, estate planning and all this kind of stuff, right, with my mom and, you know, yeah. they're doing something with estate planning. I said, Dave, the important thing is when we're all dead and gone, will there be enough for mom and Keith Richards to live on? Because there'll be <laughs> only two people left on the planet. Keith Richards. Goes, yeah, you're probably right. She will be here after us. Keith Richards yeah, is... That's my, Without question, <laughs> the amazing upset of our lifetime. <laughs> yes. My mom, Keith Richards, and the cockroaches will be on the planet after the nuclear war. I said, Mom, you don't need to worry about Russia, Ukraine, any of this stuff. I said, you and Keith will be there. She was like, he's not exactly my kind of guy. <laughs> no kidding. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I could do this for hours. Jay, thank you so much for calling in. It means more than you no know. No problem. Thanks. No problem, Steve, anytime. And there he is, Jay Paterno, joining Steve. It was a little bit past our celebration. We tried to get him in that week. Schedules didn't work out, so we got him in a couple of days later. And big thanks to Jay for 
taking time out of his busy schedule as well, current PSU trustee. You see him on Nittany Game Week as well if you have some of the certain affiliates that carry that show. So it was good to have Jay back with us here to celebrate 10 years of the Steve Jones Show. Coming up in the next half hour, we'll have mystery guest number two. Who is it going to be? Well, you'll just have to find out. But today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, great selection of pre-owned inventory, great service department, great sales staff. It's all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Friday show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. It is a best of the Steve Jones Show here on this Friday on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over one. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage 100 years sports talk where your voice counts this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones back here on the best of the steve jones show mac trillo here with you steve on vacation this week, but is back Monday from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, great selection of pre-owned inventory, a great service department and sales staff, all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And every Friday show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. You got the water, the wine coolers, the soft drinks, the snacks, the fresh roasted peanuts, the pickle bar. 
You got the great six flavors of slushies, all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We continue now with mystery guest number two, and we'll see who that is as we continue reminiscing on the 10th anniversary of the Steve Jones Show. Well, let me know when when he or she is ready, and then we'll we're ready. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I don't know. You got <laughs> it's a mystery guest. I'm not supposed to know what that's yes. going on. The here. Mystery guest just called in. We're ready to go. Okay. Well, let's find out who it is. Hello there. Hello. Hey. Hey. I hear you. Hey, is this Steve? Yes, it is. Oh, am I on the radio? Yes, you're on the radio. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, aside from Jack Ham, this is the uh, best football analyst uh, you've had the pleasure of working with over the years, uh, Steve. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised, Matt McGloin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you called it as a mystery guest after I bagged you on what New Year's Day. That was really great of me. <laughs> I had, I- I, I was actually I was actually in the backyard sleigh riding with my son. I forgot to call in. My wife was yelling to me from the house that my phone was ringing, so I had to run inside. I I tracked well, snow all throughout our house now, so now you know. But uh, but no, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't miss the call in at all, man. You know, it's it's, it's always good to talk to you. It's good to hear from you. Congratulations. Okay. Now, uh, just so everybody knows, I was supposed to be on his Sirius XM show on New Year's Day, and I, no, it was uh, the day before. It was, it was New Year. It was New Year's Eve. Uh, yes. And so, so I go down to just grab coffee downstairs in the players' area. I grab coffee. All right. I'm like, you know, I think I'll leave my phone at the hotel and just go to practice and go. <laughs> I'm like, you idiot! I get back and then I've got, I got all these messages. <laughs> I, I looked at it and went, "You dope." Well, I was telling Steve, I was telling everybody that day. I'm like, you know, I've got the opportunity to talk to the best voice in the Big Ten. Um, you know, on that and, day, I was super excited about it, and I'm, I, I was able to do that because we had Jim Brandstetter on. Because Brandstetter came on. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's doing the national semifinal. He found time for you. I'm doing the outback ball. Blew you off. <laughs> I I felt two inches tall. I'm like, are you dope? Uh, oh my goodness! How's everything going for you? I'm doing well. Everything is great. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we had, you know, we just had my wife and I. We just had uh, another baby boy. Um, you know, almost two weeks ago. So, uh, you know, life is great, man. You know, it, uh, it it really is. Just you know, enjoying being home, uh, enjoying spending time with you know my family. Um, you know, but uh, it's been great, man. How are you? It's good, it's good to catch up. Uh, well, it's great to catch up with you because I had to laugh when the Raiders played the Bengals. And here's the reason why. It's Derek Carr's first ever start in a playoff game. I'm thinking, yes, because Matt McGloin started the other one. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I Obviously, I mean, my name got brought up a few times, <laughs> you know, when, when the Raiders are making the playoffs. And obviously yep. that – you know that 2016 season, you know, which was my last year um, with Oakland, where where Derek got hurt um, and I became the starter, and then I ended up getting hurt. You know, in the last game of the right. year, and then yep. I didn't even get I didn't even get that's the right. Connor to start Cook, the, yeah. Connor Cook started, yeah. yeah. 
I didn't yeah, get the right. chance to start the playoff game, you know, which yeah. which obviously was, uh, you know, was very frustrating. Um, you know, at the time, I was doing everything I could to play. You know, I, I shouldn't have played. You know, I didn't play. I shouldn't have played. I was nowhere near healthy enough to play. But right. at the time, of course, I was trying to tell them that I was healthy enough. Uh, I'm but, shocked uh, you hey, do that. You know, hey, it just, it, it was, but, yeah, but, it wasn't meant you, to be, you know. Missed but out, you know what? a pretty good opportunity, though. Yeah, but you know what? Let me ask you this this question, Matt. Uh, I've had great admiration, as people know who listen to this show, for people who have had the ability to keep their careers alive. Right? I look at it like, for example, let's look at Tim Frazier in the NBA, Penn State's Tim Frazier. And, you know, you knew Timmy. All right? And he's, he played a few weeks ago with the Orlando Magic. Somehow he's kept his career going. What it, what does it take? Because you kept your career going. I don't care whether yeah. it's whether you're the second guy, third guy, getting a shot, whatever you know, trying XFL, whatever. What does it take to keep your career alive? You know, I think for playing the quarterback position, really. I mean, for me, it's about decision making. It's about timing. It's about accuracy. It's about consistency, and it's about trust. And nowhere there do I talk about size. Right? right, how big you are, how good your arm is, everything like that. Do you need some type of talent, some type of ability to play? Of course you do, but that's not it. Year after year, Steve, how many guys we see have all the talent in the world, but they just can't do it. They just It's so much about playing at that level as being the same person every single day. Right? I mean, there's something about having a guy on your team and you know what to expect out of him day in and day out. And And for me, that's what it was. That's what kept my career alive was to be able to – prepare day in and day out for a coach to ask me a question and for me to have an immediate answer for me to walk up to the line of scrimmage know the play and know exactly what I was doing and know exactly what the 10 other guys were doing as well um, you know that's that that's what kept me going um, you know I think work ethic you know whether it's on the field in in, in the uh, in the weight room or in the film room um, you know, it, it's a combination of things, right? I think it's being a good person, um, mm-hmm. you know, treating everybody, whether you're a player or a coach, um, a member in the communications department, um, a, a member of the training room, a member of the equipment staff. It doesn't matter. You, you, you treat everybody with the same amount of respect because you understand that it takes everyone in that facility to win football games, not just the people playing, um, you know. So, I mean, it, I mean, it's a lot of things, um, you know, I mean – you know, and I look back, it's funny because I do look back on my career and, you know, uh, I've, I've gotten, you know, cut. I was on the good side of things for a while, and I've also been on the bad side, right? I got cut by a few yeah. teams. I got cut by the mm-hmm. Eagles. They went on to win the Super Bowl that year, <laughs> and then I got yeah. cut. I got yeah. cut by the Chiefs. They went to the, the AFC Championship game that year. They won the Super Bowl the following year. I mean, look at the run that they've been on. So, I mean, I've yeah. been around a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches, um, you know, and I know how close, you know, I was to, you know, being a part of those teams and, and being on those teams, man. So, like, for me, and you know me, I have no regrets. You know, again, I was a preferred walk on at Penn State, Steve. I wasn't even supposed to play Division One football. Uh-huh. So, I like to think I made the most of every opportunity that I was given. Um, and I like to think I, you know, not that I care, but I like to think I proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah, you did. Believe me, you proved a lot of people wrong. You also pro- proved a few of us right. How about that? Thank right? you. Yeah, I know. And and you, my good friend, man, you've always had my back since day one. Uh, you know, and I've always appreciated that. You know, which is why 
again, why we've always gotten along, why we've always kept in touch, you know, over the years, man, you've become a great friend. Oh, same, same here. Same here. Um, and what do you think that the discipline it takes to play football, the discipline it takes to, to make, to carve out a career, how does that translate to being a husband, a father, and a, and a, and a co-worker? Well, I think for a lot of the reasons that I was just talking about, it's being that same guy every single day. Um, waking up in the morning, understanding you got a job to do, you got a, you know, you have a responsibility. Um, it's work, <laughs> you know. Uh, whether yeah. you're, whether you're playing football or not, you know, you, you enjoy it. You try to get better every single day. You find different ways to improve. Um, you know, how can I do this better? How can I do that better? Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, again, I talk a lot about preparation. You know, yeah. when it comes to playing the position and lasting. At, at, at playing the position, whether it's college or, or in the NFL, um, because again, like for me, man, you know that's that's what it was all about, right? Being the guy that you can count on every day, being the guy that you know um, was uh, was going to be ready, um, you know. And, and for me, like I, I you know, I and I was a big self promoter, <laughs> you know. And I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a problem saying that, Steve, because nobody. No, I'm, I'm not sitting here patting myself on the back or anything like that. Yeah, but, but nobody, who was, else was doing it for you? Nobody was promoting me. Nobody right, exactly, who else was doing you know? it for you? Right, exactly. Nobody was doing it for me. So if I made a good throw, you were going to hear about it, you know? And, and yep. you know, if I was, you know, uh, going up in weight when I was squatting or benching in the weight room, you were going to hear about it. Um, so that means for me, I had, to, I had to earn respect of the players and the coaches around me. Um, you know, and and, that, and that's how I did it. You know, and you know the support I had at Penn State from from some of those players was incredible, and it was kind of a similar journey um, in Oakland. And you know, for me, even looking back now, and I talk about it a lot on the radio, it's like it's everybody talks about the draft, things like that, first round, third round, seventh round, undrafted. It, it doesn't matter. All you need to do is get your foot in the door. All you need to do is yeah. not is have an opportunity. Right, and then it's what you do with that. Are you prepared for that moment? Is everything you've done leading up to that point? Have you prepared yourself well enough? Have you believed in it? Because there, there was a million times where I just, you know, was thinking to myself, like, what the hell am I doing? Like, just, <laughs> you know, just, just quit. Like, that's it. But, you know, there's just there's there's a competitor inside you that you continues to march forward. You believe that you're right, um, and it's, you know, and, and when you have some success. You know, it's kind of a bit reassuring, you know, and, uh, you know, you know that all that work and everything you've gone through is worth it. I'll give everybody a good one. Jack Ham was honored by the Pro Football Hall of Fame at a game, and it was a part of a – they'd done it first with Dan Deardorff, and then Jack was next. So that meant Jack had to go down to the field. I don't know. What was it, Matt, like six, seven minutes ago in the half? Something yeah, like that. A few years ago, yeah. Right, right. So Matt is the sideline analyst. So, of course, now I'm up there by myself. So here's Matt, right, on the fly. This is how good he is. On the fly. And we start analyzing the game as if we're in the booth together, right? And <laughs> and, there, and there are a few plays where he couldn't quite see, still analyzed it. it was, I mean, you were phenomenal. That's why I know you're going to be so good at this. And I was and I was fired up actually after because I had no idea it was going to happen. 
Oh, I just Nobody... don't look. Oh, oh, believe me, you know who came up with the plan on the fly. I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought, let's get I, Matt I, involved. Sudden, I got this. I got this resource. Let's use them. All of a sudden, they're like, "All right, Matt, we're going to come down to the side. We're going to be doing play by play." I'm thinking to myself, "I'm like, well, this is going to be interesting because I'm standing there, like down at the 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 opposite end by the pylon. Uh, you know how I like to stand away from everything, like right." It, yeah, it helps me think better. It's a lot more quiet when I'm standing there by myself. I can see the field a heck of a lot better. Um, but man, yeah, that's hard. You know, standing on the field calling you a game. You're great. And I, pre- <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You know, and and it was great. I had a few, you know, called a few games from the booth this year for Big Ten Network, which was uh, which was a great experience. It was fantastic. Work with some great people. Yeah. Um, you know, de- I mean, miss, you know, uh, definitely miss playing the game. Definitely miss being a part of the game. You know, but being in that booth and and yeah. seeing what's going on, it's uh, being back in that atmosphere. I mean, there's nothing yeah. like it. Nothing like the college football atmosphere. And no, anybody gets you is lucky to have you. Take my word as somebody who does this that. for a living. One final question. It's a very important one. How good are Paul and Kathy as grandparents? <laughs> <laughs> they're, you know, they're they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, yes. You know, and again, I've been. Very fortunate and very blessed, you know, to have a tremendous family, have great parents who've supported me and been at every sporting event throughout my entire life, um, you know. And now, again, yeah, now that, you know, my wife and I, we have two boys, um, you know, my brothers, um, you know, they have a couple of kids. So yep. in the past few ye- in the past few years, my parents, you know, have got a bunch of grandchildren now. <laughs> so uh, they are they are thrilled. Uh, you know they're so happy. We you know we're all back home here in Northeast PA. They have an opportunity to see us every single day and talk to us every single day. Um, you know, so and you know me how important family is. Um, yep. So uh, I mean, it's been great. You know, it's it's been it's been relaxing again, um, but it's it's been good. It's always good yeah. to be home. Yeah, absolutely. No, you, you, I love your family. You know that your parents are awesome. Thank you, and, and your family to me too. So, P- Matt, thanks so much. Appreciate you. Go back out, get on the sled, take one more run. Okay. Absolutely, man. All right, I'm, yep, <laughs> I'm heading out there right now, man. But congratulations, it's great talking. Thanks, brother. <laughs> and there he is, Matt McGloin, joining us in Colin Steve. We've heard from him before, occasionally doing his podcasting now and of course former Penn State quarterback Scranton area native so it was good to have him back with us and recapping and reminiscing on the 10th anniversary of the show coming up in the next half hour more mystery guests to look back from looking forward to that today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet Reagan Street in Sunbury the beverage supermarket And Steve, back on Monday from vacation in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. It is the best of the Steve Jones Show on a Friday, wrapping up the week here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.